what's the tempo? One, two, two. One, two. over time.
would you do? What would you do if the person you love told you that they wanted to join a cult that supports suicide, cannibalism, and even eating the flesh of aborted babies? Well, in a moment, we're going to meet a woman who actually says she wants to join this cult. But first, let's meet the founders, Reverend Chris Corder, Pastor Kim, and Vermin X. What are the basic tenets of your philosophy? We're going we're to get to the four pillars of the church euthanasia. You already know what they are. They're well, suicide, abortion, yeah, cannibalism, and sodomy. Wait a sec. Say that again. Suicide, suicide abortion, abortion, cannibalism, cannibalism and sodomy. sodomy. That's right. And we're going to explain a, every one of them in uh, great this detail. This is a here. faith? This is, this, is a, this is an organized religion. And this has to do with environmentalism? Yes, it does. And we're going to explain sure it in does. great this detail. This isn't recycling cans. You're talking That's about right. suicide. It's recycling humans. It's recycling humans. Why is it necessary then? But why is it necessary? You don't want to hurt the animals. I appreciate that. But why is it necessary to fulfill your belief that y people have to commit suicide or human beings have to go around eating each other? Here's the Cannibalism. Deal. Why is that necessary? Very if you don't want to kill animals, that. don't kill animals, but don't Here, kill here's people. Why, Jerry. Listen to me. Because humans are cruel to animals? No. Because humans are animals. That's what this is about. If we sit you down at a table and put pig flesh and human flesh in front of you and blindfold you, you won't be able to tell the difference because flesh is flesh. Why don't you think about that the next time you bite into your cheeseburger? We're talking about a massive no. system of cruelty. Take the blindfold challenge. Yeah, take the blindfold challenge. You won't be able to tell the difference. She says she knows perfectly well what she's getting into and still wants to join this cult. Here's Grace. I do have nine children. I want to hear what she said. I have nine children. I do have nine children. She loves people. I have nine children. You probably have a you probably have a tape of one of my children. I had to bring the youngest okay. here. She's five years old. I want you to, to talk to I Neil. I need to say something to Neil. I want, Neil. Want, Neil. Neil. I want her to talk to Grace. Neil said talk to Grace. she what loves do you want to say people. To what if you love people, people okay. you will not make any more people because the world is full of people okay. that need love, that need all kinds of care. If you are selfish, you will have more kids. Okay, you talk to Grace. What do you want to say to Grace? I would just like to say to Grace that Jesus died for you. That's exactly the kind of message they shouldn't be hearing. Listen. Jerry, suicide is always an option for everyone. It is really condescending to tell people what they may or may not do with their lives. That's why we have people that want to die on machines. That's why we have people. It's like you're not even allowed. You have no power. Tell me about in this the kind of 
cannibalism thing? Cannibalism is the eating of flesh. I know what it is. Why do you... No, Jack, the Tell me how that makes... Tell me how th preaching that can possibly have any relevance to anything that is anywhere near sane. Oh, listen, do you eat meat? I'll repeat it. If you want people to stop eating meat, preach vegetarianism. That's what we're but doing. What, no, you're suggesting that it's also okay, they are suggesting, mm -hmm. that it's also okay for humans to eat human flesh. That's stupid. It, listen, Jerry. Jerry, if it's okay to eat a cow, if it's okay to factory farm cows, to raise cows in what are basically concentration camps, if that's okay, then it's just as okay to eat people who are already dead, who are going like to be involved and going to three Everybody time. feels lonely from time to time. When we have no one to sit next to at lunch, when we move to a new city, or when nobody has time for us at the weekend. But over the last few decades, this occasional feeling has become chronic for millions. In the UK, 60% of 18 to 34-year-olds say they often feel lonely. In the US, 46% of the entire population feel lonely regularly. We are living in the most connected time in human history. And yet, an unprecedented number of us feel isolated. Being lonely and being alone are not the same thing. You can be filled with bliss by yourself and hate every second surrounded by friends. Loneliness is a purely subjective, individual experience. If you feel lonely, you are lonely. A common stereotype is that loneliness only happens to people who don't know how to talk to people or how to behave around others. But population-based studies have shown that social skills make practically no difference for adults when it comes to social connections. Loneliness can affect everybody. Money, fame, power, beauty, social skills, a great personality. Nothing can protect you against loneliness because it's part of your biology. Loneliness is a bodily function like hunger. Hunger makes you pay attention to your physical needs. Loneliness makes you pay attention to your social needs. Your body cares about your social needs because millions of years ago it was a great indicator of how likely you were to survive. Natural selection rewarded our ancestors for collaboration and for forming connections with each other. Our brains grew and became more and more fine-tuned to recognize what others thought and felt and to form and sustain social bonds. Being social became part of our biology. You were born into groups of 50 to 150 people, which you usually stayed with for the rest of your life. Getting enough calories, staying safe and warm or caring for offspring was practically impossible alone. Being together meant survival. Being alone meant death. So it was crucial that you got along with others. For your ancestors, the most dangerous threat to survival was not being eaten by a lion, but not getting the social vibe of your group and being excluded. To avoid that, your body came up with social pain. Pain of this kind is an evolutionary adaptation to rejection. A sort of early warning system to make sure you stop behavior that would isolate you. Your ancestors who experienced rejection as more painful were more likely to change their behavior when they got rejected and thus stayed in the tribe, while those who did not got kicked out and most likely died. That's why rejections hurt, and even more so, why loneliness is so painful. These mechanisms for keeping us connected worked great for most of our history until humans began building a new world for themselves. 
the loneliness epidemic we see today really only started in the late Renaissance. Western culture began to focus on the individual. Intellectuals moved away from the collectivism of the Middle Ages, while the young Protestant theology stressed individual responsibility. This trend accelerated during the Industrial Revolution. People left their villages and fields to enter factories. Communities that had existed for hundreds of years began to dissolve, while cities grew. As our world rapidly became modern, this trend sped up more and more. Today, we move vast distances for new jobs, love and education, and leave our social net behind. We meet fewer people in person, and we meet them less often than in the past. In the US, the mean number of close friends dropped from three in 1985 to two in 2011. Most people stumble into chronic loneliness by accident. You reach adulthood and become busy with work, university, romance, kids and Netflix. There's just not enough time. The most convenient and easy thing to sacrifice is time with friends. Until you wake up one day and realize that you feel isolated. That you yearn for close relationships. But it's hard to find close connections as adults. And so loneliness can become chronic. While humans feel pretty great about things like iPhones and spaceships, our bodies and minds are fundamentally the same they were 50,000 years ago. We are still biologically fine-tuned to being with each other. Large-scale studies have shown that the stress that comes from chronic loneliness is among the most unhealthy things we can experience as humans. It makes you age quicker, it makes cancer deadlier, Alzheimer's advance faster, your immune systems weaker. Loneliness is twice as deadly as obesity and as deadly as smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. The most dangerous thing about it is that once it becomes chronic, it can become self-sustaining. Physical and social pain use common mechanisms in your brain. Both feel like a threat and so social pain leads to immediate and defensive behavior when it's inflicted on you. When loneliness becomes chronic, your brain goes into self-preservation mode. It starts to see danger and hostility everywhere. But that's not all. Some studies found that when you're lonely, your brain is much more receptive and alert to social signals, while at the same time, it gets worse at interpreting them correctly. You pay more attention to others, but you understand them less. The part of your brain that recognizes faces gets out of tune and becomes more likely to categorize neutral faces as hostile, which makes it distrustful of others. Loneliness makes you assume the worst about others' intentions towards you. Because of this perceived hostile world, you can become more self-centered to protect yourself, which can make you appear more cold, unfriendly and socially awkward than you really are. If loneliness has become a strong presence in your life, the first thing you can do is to try to recognize the vicious cycle you may be trapped in. It usually goes something like this. An initial feeling of isolation leads to feelings of tension and sadness, which makes you focus your attention selectively on negative interactions with others. This makes your thoughts about yourself and others more negative, which then changes your behavior. You begin to avoid social interaction, which leads to more feelings of isolation. This cycle becomes more severe and harder to escape each time. Loneliness makes you sit far away from others in class, not answer the phone when friends call, decline invitations until the invitations stop. Each and every one of us has a story about ourselves, and if your story becomes that people exclude you, others pick up on that. And so the outside world can become the way you feel about it. This is often a slow creeping process that takes years and can end in depression and a mental state that prevents connections even if you yearn for them. 
The first thing you can do to escape it is to accept that loneliness is a totally normal feeling and nothing to be ashamed of. Literally everybody feels lonely at some point in their life. It's a universal human experience. You can't eliminate or ignore a feeling until it goes away magically, but you can accept that you feel it and get rid of its cause. You can self-examine what you focus your attention on and check if you are selectively concentrating on negative things. Was this interaction with a colleague really negative? Or was it really neutral or even positive? What was the actual content of an interaction? What did the other person say? And did they say something bad or did you add extra meaning to their words? Maybe another person was not really reacting negatively, but just short on time. Then there are your thoughts about the world. Are you assuming the worst about others' intentions? Do you enter a social situation and have already decided how it will go? Do you assume others don't want you around? Are you trying to avoid being hurt and not risking opening up? And if so, can you try to give others the benefit of the doubt? Can you just assume that they're not against you? Can you risk being open and vulnerable again? And lastly, your behavior. Are you avoiding opportunities to be around others? Are you looking for excuses to decline invitations? Or are you pushing others away preemptively to protect yourself? Are you acting as if you're getting attacked? Are you really looking for new connections or have you become complacent with your situation? Of course, every person and situation is unique and different and just introspection alone might not be enough. If you feel unable to solve your situation by yourself, please try to reach out and get professional help. It's not a sign of weakness, but of courage. However, we look at loneliness as a purely individual problem that needs solving to create more personal happiness or as a public health crisis, it is something that deserves more attention. Humans have built a world that's nothing short of amazing, and yet none of the shiny things we've made is able to satisfy or substitute our fundamental biological need for connection. Most animals get what they need from their physical surroundings. We get what we need from each other. And we need to build our artificial human world based on that. Let's try something together. Let's reach out to someone today. Regardless if you feel a little bit lonely or if you want to make someone else's day better. Maybe write a friend you haven't spoken to in a while. Call a family member who's become estranged. Invite a work buddy for a coffee. Just go to something you're usually too afraid to go to or too lazy to go to, like a D&D event or a sports club. Everybody's different, so you know what's a good fit for you. Maybe nothing will come of it, and that's okay. Don't do this with any expectations. The goal is just to open up a bit, to exercise your connection muscles so they can grow stronger over time, or to help others exercise them.
scores to get the best scores. Drop a banana peels all over the floor. I'm the kid that made the thing with C and Art. Last name Simpson, first name Bart. I'm here today to introduce the next phase. The next step in the big Bart craze. I gotta dance real easy to do. I learned it with no rhythm and so can you. Ooh, so move your body if you got the notion. Front to back in a rock like motion. Now that you got it, if you think you can. In trouble, yeah, pretty deep. Homer was yelling, Mama was too, because I put mothballs in the beast too. Punishment time in the air works gloom. Sitting by myself, confined to my room. When all else fails, nothing else left to do. I turn on the music so I can feel the gloom. Whoa, I'm feeling the groove now, baby. Bring it back. Whoa, to the button. Whoa, Lisa.
Kill Pokey. Go ahead. You're on, boy. Oh, all right.
김신여요 오늘은 싱그러운 여름 소녀 티치마이 무대로 시작합니다 마이 베이비 